Welcome to Tax and Super Australia's podcast, Tax Wrap, where we share developments, news and insights for all tax practitioners and SMSF professionals. If you like what you hear, please rate us on iTunes and share. We'd love to hear back from you, so send questions and comments, even suggestions for guest speakers, to podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Hello, thanks for joining us. It's uh, the Tax Wrap Podcast, episode 176. I'm your host, Steve Burnham. Um, now, Tax Wrap had the pleasure of chatting to the ATO's Tim Roach, who is Assistant Commissioner, Agent Engagement and Assurance. Uh, now, Tim has filled this role at the ATO for about five and a half years, he tells me, um, but he's an accountant by profession, an FCPA, and uh, in the past has been a CFO in the WA government and actually was the Executive Director of West Australia's uh, Department of Indigenous Affairs. So he's definitely not a typical um, career public servant, <clears throat> has not been um, an ATO lifer, as they put it, uh, but has come from a very hands-on, from very hands-on roles in business and tells me he actually thinks of himself primarily as an accountant. However, as Assistant Commissioner, Agent Engagement and Assurance, I was very interested to get a grip on what practitioners can expect from the ATO in this regard. Oh, hi, Tim. Thanks for joining us. Oh, hi, Steve. It's a pleasure to have you on the Tax Wrap podcast. Now, now your title, um, Assistant Commissioner at the ATO, Agent Engagement and Assurance. Um, perhaps if you could just explain what that covers to, the, to our listeners. Oh, thanks, Steve. Yeah, look, um, my responsibility is working right across the agent population, um, but focusing pretty strongly on agents where we're actually seeing problems. All oh, right. Um, so I work pretty closely uh, with our, our audit staff right across the ATO, but also I've got a, a good relationship with the TPB, um, uh, but dealing dealing with you know, areas where we're actually seeing some behavioural concerns right. um, and stepping in and, and, and we've got some, a program of interventions and a program of interaction with the agent community there. Yeah. I spend a lot of time actually dealing with the professional associations as well and, and working with the professional associations to... Um, all right, the, Make sure that we've got sort of a, you know, we're all on the same page. Yeah, the bodies who represent the, the practitioners throughout the country. And Correct. It's interesting how you say that because I've recently read about uh, there's a plan, the ATO is going to sort of start paying visits to practitioners across the country. I think I read somewhere there's about 8,000 agents to be visited over the next four years, so 2,000 per year, I assume. Can you tell me a little bit about that, uh, that uh, uh, program? Yeah, thank, yeah that's, uh, so that came through from the recent uh, Black Economy um, funding measures that come through in the, in the federal budget. Right. So, um, as part of the, the Michael Andrew, who headed that, that black economy uh, task force, you might recall, yep. um, was really strong on saying, look, tax agents are a big way of um, addressing the um, black economy problem, as okay. well as it's sometimes part of, the, part of the problem themselves. So, you know, his, uh, Michael Andrew's big sort of push was that um, we need to create a level playing field yep. so that there can't be an unfair advantage accruing to tax agents who are encouraging bad behaviour. No, no, um, of course. We want to be supporting the tax agents who are really helping their clients to do the right thing and yep. declare all their income and um, accurately record and, and um, claim all their expenses. I suppose, it, it, I mean, practitioners are at the... Coalface that are at the forefront of the uh, the people behind them who are 
hopefully doing the right thing, but as you said, some of them don't. Um, in, in that uh, report that I was reading about the um, 8,000 Asians to be visited over four years, it was uh, emphasising, I think, that the visit would be paid to practitioners who are committing, quote, avoidable mistakes. So what we're doing, Steve, is we've got a range of indicators. So this is not, we're not like picking out, you know, 2,000 agents who are acting highly unprofessionally. Right. But we're picking out each year, as you say, so it is 8,000 in total. Each year we're picking out around 2,000 who we've identified as potentially starting to run into problems. Oh, right. And we've got a range of, a range of indicators. I'm just wondering if you can go through those, that range of indicators for us. Yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, the sort of things, are, um, we've got a lot of data on work-related expenditure for individual clients, for example. So if we've got an agent that we're starting to see a trend that, that one particular agent in an area is claiming, their clients are claiming much greater work-related expenditure than a similar agent in the same geographical location and a similar agent uh, with, with similar clients. Oh, yeah. And that, of a flag you know similarly you'd be familiar i'm sure with the cash economy benchmarks that we put out that's that right. have a, a range of ratios in relation to small businesses so we, we can look at that data and we, we do look at the data across uh, tax agent practices yeah and if we go hmm, you know uh sharon the tax agent in dandenong is her her benchmarks her, her clients are well outside or much much further to the right if you, if you can imagine yeah in the benchmark, in and analysing the benchmarks than the other agents in Dandenong with a similar client patch, it raises a flag to us. Oh, right, um, yep. One of the other ones we're looking at as well is that traditionally we've seen that where agents grow rapidly, there can be some problems. You know, if, um, if, if you've got an agent who starts out as a sole practitioner or maybe one or two agents together... Oh, yeah. ...start acquiring fees and growing fast, um, often you can see that some problems start to arise. Sorry about interrupting, Tim. So no, you just reminded me of a case that I was reading about, about a, um, a tax agent in Queensland. I think he was living, working next to a uh, mining area and um, a lot of the uh, claims were coming in for uh, travel costs and, and exponential growth in these claims and I think he got into trouble for that. So you just reminded me about, about that case. Yeah, look, we've got, Steve, we've got um, the, the, what we call analytics. Yep. Um, you know, the data crunching capacity that the ATO has got has been improving hugely over the past four to five years. Um, and we've got some pretty sophisticated machines that really identify and show us trends, both at, both what, uh, large trends, but also right down to the individual agent level and right down to the individual taxpayer level. And we can we can pick up all sorts of, um, yeah. Anomalies. And, yeah. That's probably the way to put it. Yeah, okay. Um, that's, um, uh, when you mentioned data, I, I, again, you might be able to clear, clarify this. Uh, there were some um, reports that um, some of the uh, blame, if you like, for, say, the tax gap, there was a, a, some blame sheeted home to um, some pre-filled data uh, anomalies. Is that something that uh, is a reality? Uh, I think what you're sort of talking about probably is that we've recently um, corrected a whole load of tax returns, so I think it was 112,000, around 112,000 tax returns ah. in the first couple of months of, of this uh, tax time. And what we found there was that um, the proportion of... Now, these were corrected from uh, largely on pre-fill data. Okay. And what we were seeing was that the proportion of uh, returns that were prepared by agents that had things wrong yep. were about the same as the proportion of returns prepared by individuals themselves oh, yeah. that had 
okay. at the moment. So that was a, what that is, is the, the, those returns are essentially, they're corrected on the basis of, of pre-fill data. Okay. Um, and and yes, yeah, some examples of the pre-fill data, the, the big errors that we are seeing is that where people uh, don't include uh, salary and wages, um, oh, right. don't include bank interest, it's that sort of thing. So I wouldn't necessarily say that's the tax gap because it's a particular slice of pre-fill data that we're okay. looking at. Well, that's just... If, if that was a misconception out there, it's good to cl have that clarified then, actually, Tim. That's that's good. So so there can't be that large a slice of shady agents, is there? I mean, we're not talking many people, are we? Look, I'd steer away. I, I, I'd steer away from the term shady. Okay, um, good, good. But we are definitely seeing that the majority of... Certainly in relation to the individual returns... The majority of individual returns that we look at that yep. are prepared by agents, and majority by a, you know, a bit, you know, more than certainly more than fifty percent, there are errors. Okay. Um, errors of a, errors of enough magnitude that when we look at them, they, it, it, it needs correction. Okay. So we're, we're, seeing a, we're seeing a lot of errors. Well, yeah. Sorry, you're gone. Yeah. Well, it's just you know, I mean, you don't want to jump to the conclusion necessarily that this is shady agents. Okay. From what we're seeing is that it's a. It's a combination of a few things. Yeah. Um, some of it is deliberate, definitely. Definitely some of it's deliberate. Okay. But we're also seeing that the information that taxpayers provide to tax agents is deficient. And then, of course, there's, there's the question of did the tax agent ask enough of the taxpayer? Oh, of course. To, to, to say, you know, have you given me everything? Yeah. Have you, have you given me everything accurately? So, so we're seeing... I think what you would call lack of controls right. in looking at the um, information provided by the taxpayer to the tax agent. Yeah, yeah, I see. And then at the other end, we're also seeing a bit of, and I mentioned earlier, firms growing rapidly, but oh, yeah. we're seeing issues where you have a principal and you have a number of staff working, you, know, you have a principal tax agent and a number of staff working in the practice. And over time sometimes, particularly where there's rapid growth, the level of checking of those less experienced people who are working in the practice can fall away. So we're seeing an issue there. We're also seeing, though, to be totally honest, you know, and I'm, I'm an accountant, so I've got a great level of sympathy and empathy for people out there, and I know how tough it is to keep up with the tax law, but we are also seeing tax agents whose, whose capability needs to be lift, lifted. Oh, really? And, and just understanding of the latest tax law and the changes. And yeah. it's a tough... It's Tough job keeping up. I know as an Oh, it changes all the time, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're probably the three big things that we're seeing at the moment. Lack of control over what the, the client is telling the agent. Yep. Lack of control over employees in the practice. Yep. Um, and lack of capability, lack of understanding about, about tax law. Right, okay. But but how, how, what's the approach? How do you handle these situations where, there's, uh, where those three occurrences happen? Uh, what's the ATR approach? much with if we see x happening we'll do y uh you know if we, so for example if we if we are seeing you know where we go out and we see the you know, really good agents that are really capable um basically our, our interaction with those agents is about supporting them as much as possible and i have to make the point yeah you know, we're talking here I've, I've, my focus is largely in fixing up problems that we're seeing with agents but the, the vast majority of the ato's investment in the agent space is supportive. You know, it's, it's about okay. you know, PLS, it's about 
seminars and education and assistance. So yeah. Yeah, for good agents, we've got this huge education and assistance um, programs happening, yeah. both face-to-face and phone lines and webinars. And the forums and uh, things, yeah. Forums, open forums, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then as we sort of move up and we start to see bigger problems, then we start to have um, interventionist interactions. So okay, yeah. One of a better way to put it, where we actually go out um, and we sit down with them. And some of the stuff, you know, I talked earlier about, I use the example of if we're seeing a tax agent who a large number, where a large number of their clients are outside the cash economy benchmarks, for example. Right. We'll actually go out and we'll sit down with the agent and, and say, this is what we're seeing. And this is part of this, the, the, the 2,000 visits. We're going out there and sitting down and saying, Sharon, you know, we are seeing this, what, you know, what's, what's happening? What's, what's going um, on? Yeah. So we'll be quite transparent with what we're seeing. Yeah. And depending on how that uh, conversation goes, um, it might be that we walk away and go, yep, okay, we see in your particular geographic location, you know, we can see that coffee shop ratios are like they are because of the cost of transport or something oh, like yeah. that. Yep. So we'll, we'll, and we'll walk away, or it might be, hey, look, we can see an issue in that your staff perhaps don't have a really good understanding of the way to deal with small business deductions. Yep, yep. We recommend that, we recommend that you put your staff through some sort of training program. And suggest or some training it. program or...? Uh, we don't tend to suggest them at this stage, but we'll put no. out the areas yep. where they might need to learn more. Okay, um, okay. We're conscious that you know, each of the professional associations have, have got their, their own training programs and there's a broad range of providers. So yeah. the HOS is away from recommending anyone. Um, but, but, yeah, we might, we might say, you know, if you're a member of a professional association, we might say, go and, go and talk to your professional association and see if they've got a program. Okay, yep. So it, it's, it sounds to me like, like there's, when you use the word intervention, I tend to think of, you know, auditing and, you know, raids by men in black suits and things, but uh, it sounds like you're talking, well, that, that's a negative inter- intervention, but there's possibly, you, you could just say a positive intervention, uh, intention as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and sort of, look, it, it ramps up, and, and there's this real link between the worse the behaviour is, yep. the, the, the stronger the intervention is. So, you know, we save the black suits and the black sunglasses <laughs> yep. for the really bad, you know, and you, re- you read in the paper about, you know, we do some... Uh, some access visits where we go out, but they are the very bad ones. Right, right. For example. Okay, uh, but, but, but that, that is up your sleeve. That, that is a, a card you could play? It is, definitely. You right. know, and there are, there is, you know, if you look at the very, the slice that is where the behaviour is very bad, yeah, and yeah. I talk a bit here about, you know, the behaviour determines the intervention. Yeah. So the yeah. behaviour determines the, the interaction. So, yeah, we're seeing... It's a very small number of agents that are involved in fraud, for example. We're involved in promoting Phoenix operations. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that's, the, that's the bad end of the scale, though, isn't it? That's the uh, really bad end. And yeah. then we've got interventions such as, uh, for example, we can take a, we will take away access to systems. You know, if we oh, think really? real, if we think that, that that there is some behaviour out there that is a, a real risk to the tax system or a real risk to the clients, yeah. remembering that. The, the clients can really suffer from this behaviour. Yeah. We, we have a process where we'll review it. We don't do it unless it's really bad, and we're very careful in how we do this because we're conscious of the impact on uh, practices and on businesses. But, yeah, that's we, we, we can from time to time. We can and we do from time to time remove systems access. And, of course, we refer the very worst to the, to the TPB and work with the TPB um, 
on looking at those tax agents. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I do stress, I do stress this behaviour, this stuff that I'm talking about, um, you know, removing systems and referring to the TPB, that's a pretty small slice. Yeah, yep. But, but, but we are there. It is and, there, And I yeah. think for the vast majority of your listeners, it's probably, that's probably good news because, you know, I think we are very active and becoming more active in addressing the really bad behaviour as much as anything to create a level playing field. Yeah, yep. Those bad eggs aren't taking away clients and, and you know, again, I talk about my own profession. I think it's my, my profession as being an accountant, not casting, you know, a dark cloud over over our, our accounting profession. No, no. This, the, can, I, can I just, I suppose... Put to you a scenario that I've that I've heard anecdotally, um, though I just wondered what the ATO's view would be on this scenario, where um, clients come to a practitioner with, and they say, "Come on, I want to claim this. Come on, come on, come on let's do this." And it's in the practitioner thinks, "Hang on, no, I don't think that's quite right," but is under some pressure to to make a, a claim that's uh, possibly not completely kosher. I'm especially younger practitioners when they're starting out, they want to build their client base, or, or not. You might be have a change of circumstances, you might leave a partnership and go off on your own, and you want to build up that client base. Um, what would your advice be to uh, practitioners who are having some client pressure put upon them? Mm-hmm. And look, 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 it's a really interesting question, Steve, because, you know, I, I go out and do a lot of open forums, and the situation that you're talking about where the client comes along and puts the pressure on the agent, it, it, it definitely happens. Mm. Um, I think probably one way to address it is to actually point out to them that, hey, the ATO is really ramping up our activities yep. in looking at um, you know, work-related expenditure, for example, cash economy activity, and point out the fact that the ATO has got some pretty powerful tools now the, as well. As in data matching, um, all that sort of thing that you mentioned? Absolutely. Like data, The power of the data matching software um, is, is you know, incredibly impressive. Yep. Mm. Um, and one of the things as well to point out to clients, I think, in that circumstance is that if we find an issue in this year's return, we're highly likely to then go back and look at past year returns. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's not a wise move. Um, I think also from the practitioner's perspective as well, you, know, it need, you need to be looking at your long-term future in that, um, and, and going, do I really want this client? When you start to look at, okay, you know, if you want to be a tax practitioner, in it for the long haul. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you have to. You do if you if you give that client what they want and place your own professionalism you know, under a cloud this year. Yeah, yeah. They're going to come back next year and want the same thing again. Well, so they'll, and they'll tell their friends about it, and they'll want the same dodgy deal, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point, Steve. Actually, yeah, you go down a slippery slope. It's down a slippery slope. It's just really not worth. You'll it. be picking up uh, all sorts of things on the way. It, it's interesting. I, I was speaking to one of our members. Um, just last week, a um, uh, shout-out to Mark Levison up in Queensland, uh, MJL Accounting, and um, he's been in practice many years, and he's actually said to me he's got to a stage where he can actually weed out and let go the clients he doesn't want to keep and keep the ones that will keep him in business. Um, and that was a good point. That's kind of why I asked the question, actually, because um, he was um, under some pressure from clients that he just didn't want to cooperate and let them go, and he was glad he oh, did it. Look, I, think, oh, I think part of it, Steve is like, um, how well do you want to sleep at night as well? You That's know, right. I, I, and I, I've act, I actually, I use that line with taxpayers generally, you know, if I'm talking to you know, my family. Yeah. <laughs> my family will often say, oh, can I do this? And I'll say, well, how well do you want to sleep at night? <laughs> and um, I think probably from a, from a tax professional's 
uh, point of view, the same thing applies. You know, do you really want those clients that are going to keep, and you're going to be lying awake at night going, you know, what's the chance of getting an audit mm. Um, mm. after what we've after what we've just submitted? So I think, you know, how well do you want to sleep at night? And generally most of us, I think, want to, would much rather have a, a good night's sleep and not have to worry yep. than pick up that, that extra $1,000 or so in, in, a, in a questionable fee. Yeah, exactly, yeah. All right, Tim, look, it's, it's very enlightening and I'm glad uh, we had a, a chance to chat to you. Uh, I'm sure all our listeners will uh, have gained a lot from that from that little uh, exchange. That's great, Sid. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be, um, to be part of the podcast. Hope to speak to you again. Thanks, Tim. That'd be great. So just to recap, we, uh, we just heard from Tim Roach, ATO Assistant Commissioner, Asian Engagement and Assurance, and uh, that was an enlightening chat. I think. Okay, <clears throat> WTF, wacky tax fact. Um, speaking of ATO employees, I guess, uh, apparently social activities among ATO staff in the 1960s included mistaxation contests, uh, which were part of statewide fundraising activities for major charities. <clears throat> now, now, that is wacky, mistaxation, just imagine it. Um, now, look, while I've got your attention, I'm actually running out of uh, wacky tax facts, WTFs. If you have any uh, for me, please email podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Or indeed, if you have anything to, to share, please please drop me a line. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you found it helpful. Please tune in again next time. <laughs>